Welcome to Average Day, a brand new podcast on the Lawn and Landscape Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Miller, associate editor at the magazine and host of this show. In this series, we'll talk with landscapers just like you to get a sense of their daily routines. What is it that they do to juggle all their various responsibilities? My hope in doing these interviews is that you'll take away something that you can apply to your routine. For this podcast, I interviewed Jed Sherman, who runs First Landing Lawn and Landscape in Cincinnati, Ohio. Jed's got an interesting perspective. He manages several businesses, so keeping his head on straight requires intentional, meticulous planning. During the interview, we talked a little bit about how he got into the industry. The story's pretty interesting, I think. And then we get into the good stuff. Waking up without an alarm clock, the Eisenhower Matrix, and the Gallup Strengths Finder. Here's my talk with Jed. Jed, thank you for joining the show. Um, tell me a little bit about you know you and, and your company. How did this come to be? Okay, so I'm an owner and or operator of three companies. Right, we're talking about First Landing Lawn and Landscape, where we focus our efforts on uh, mostly commercial grounds maintenance and tree care. Uh, I also operate our portfolio of hotels, right? Six of which we own, another four that I'm involved in through a management partnership. And then we just recently started a healthcare company this year that will open its first doctor's clinic location in Q1 of next year. So the uh, so the first the, the first landing lawn and landscape, the commercial landscape company started um, 2000 uh, 2020, actually, during COVID, right? So uh, I think I've mentioned the story to you once before. We were we were operating hotels and uh, just kept having difficulty finding good landscape vendors, at least ones that would stick around or be responsible or uh, uh, communicable, right? It's hard to communicate. Billing was was difficult and inaccurate. So I uh, was uh, was talking with a with a friend of ours and and said, you know what? There's got to be a better way. There's so much headache to this every single year, and we got to do it here. You know. And, at 10 different hotels, 10 different properties every single spring. And so he said, well, if there's a better way, then you should make it up. So in in, uh, in the summer of 2020, a, a buddy of mine and I, we, we bought some commercial equipment, bought a truck and a trailer and went around and did our own first. So we were like, you know, let's see what it's like to, to you know, get some data and how, how long is this going to take and throw a couple of pebbles, right? And then um, we started a doing some sales in 21 and, and landed some other individual business, some, some other hotels and, and uh, a couple HOAs and then continue that into 22. So um, now we've got a roster of about 30, 25 or 30 or so commercial clients mixed between uh, standalone businesses and uh, HOAs and a couple apartment complexes. Jed, I remember the first time I talked to you, you said that you started the landscaping company that you run uh, in the midst of COVID, right? And that was actually, if I recall, like the peak of COVID. Um, was there any type of, or were there any type of restrictions that you had to go through or navigate? Um, or did you really kind of view that as a trial and error period um, in which you, you know, you kind of learned what things you might need to do to operate on a bigger scale? Yeah, it was it was complete trial and error. I mean, during during COVID, um, it, you know, the, the the hotels were in the middle of the blast radius, right? I mean, there was a, there was a lot of stressful things going on around there, and you know, with regards to the landscaping, it was all done outside. So we were never really 
in danger of, uh, of being, coming into contact with, with anybody inside. So we were, we were, we had free, uh, um, you know, we had the liberty and the freedom to, to, to go out and, and do these things on our own properties. I mean, we were going to do them on our own anyway. Somebody was going to have to do it. We might as well have been the one. So yeah, it was, it was complete trial and error, but look, you know, the way I look at it is, um, it was, it was risk-free, right? I mean, we were going to pay ourselves to do it anyway. Um, you know, the outcome was going to be our fault if there was, you, you know, if the, if the result was less than favorable, we were going to have to go out and correct it on our own and, and there was nobody else to complain about it. So, and so it was, it was trial and error against ourselves and, and the financial risk was minimal, right? I mean, we had, uh, you know, a few thousand dollars on a credit card and, and, you know, purchase of a truck. So it wasn't like we were going to lose our shirts if we decided not to do it later. Right. So at what point in the trial and error process did you realize, okay, yeah, this is something that we are going to continue with and not, and not just do it for ourselves? Oh, look, it, when we, when I am involved with, or we start up a, a new business, the outlook is always, we're going to do it, right? This is going to happen. You know, you don't want to, we don't want to go into it with half measures of, well, let's just see if we really want to do it. No, we go into it. We're going to do it. It's going to happen. That's the mindset. You know, we're taking away the safety nets and, uh, and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to move forward. So that was always the, um, that was always the goal. It was more about, you know, for, for us, because none of us had ever operated in that, in that, in that arena, it was about data collection. It was about how long does it take, you know, to do a certain size property, this acre, two acres, whatever it might be. How long, uh, um, you know, what's it going to cost to maintain equipment? How, you know, what's the, how much are we spending per gas per, you know, in gas per day on the, on the, on the truck and the equipment. So it was really just about finding those metrics that those controllables that, um, you know, that, that guide a business or, you know, it's, in this particular business has lots of them, um, so that uh, so that we could move forward with customers knowing what we had to, 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 to sell for, right? How much the project price was going to be, what that what that pricing was going to look like. So so yeah, so the mindset was always, oh, we're moving forward. There is no doubt about that. Um, we just went out and tried to collect some information and see what see what it looks like. And then also, you know, lead by example. Right? We wanted to go out, get dirty, and uh, and experience what it is that we were going to be asking other people to do. Right. Absolutely. Jed, before I kind of dive into really the point of the podcast, right, which is break us break through like an average day kind of a thing. Um, you know, I, I do want to ask as like a last precursor question, what was it that you learned? What surprised you about the green industry when you first jumped in? Um, and, you know, what how have you taken that lesson and applied that to your company today? Um, a lot of lessons, right? So I, the, the one that stood out the most for me in this industry was how easy it was to start, but how difficult it is to be good at. Um, you know, there are, uh, in, you know, so we're in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's not a, it's not a small metropolitan area. Um, but driving around, there's probably, I don't even know, 50 different, you know, uh, landscape companies, right? All of them, you know, doing stuff from major installations to, to small guys doing ground maintenance like us. So, so it's a, it's an easy, uh, uh, company to start. It doesn't require a lot of capital, doesn't require a lot of, a lot of education or experience up front. 
Um, and I think it's the reason that a lot of people see it as a, as a, as a good you know, business to own or a good side gig, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then, so, so then after the, the second year, let's say, after 2021, 20, when we actually sold to uh, a customer that were not ourselves, you know, we started to get, you know, we, we started to get customer satisfaction complaints or this wasn't done right or that wasn't done right. And we had to go back out and correct. So, so the, the biggest eye opener here for me was, wow, this is really easy to start. I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be easy. And then after the first, you know, the first season, uh, you realize how difficult it is to be good at, right? There's, there's, there, you know, certain customers want this, certain customers want that. Um, you know, price of gas jumps around all over the place. And <laughs> <laughs> so, so there was, a, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of curveballs that got, uh, that got thrown our way that, you know, we've had to pivot on and readjust. And as a matter of fact, I just had uh, a lunch last, uh, last weekend with my general manager and, and cruise manager. And we were talking about, all right, you know, we're wrapping up this season. Uh, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? Where did we miss? You know, where do you know where do we misfire? What what do we need to improve upon or correct or so on and so forth? So we do that, you know, frequently. But last uh, last weekend was a serious conversation given uh, given some of the challenges we had with pricing this particular summer. Sure. One of the reasons I was so excited to talk with you, Jed, is because it does seem like you are good at handling these curveballs, right? And if if you're running three different companies, obviously you're doing something right in your daily routine. So I'll just start here, man. Uh, kind of take me through what you do right away when you, when you wake up, like how, how do you start the day to set yourself up for success? So the morning is always routine, right? It sets the tone for me. Uh, um, I read some research somewhere along the way that if we automate much of the morning, it allows our mind to uh, to subconsciously prepare for challenges we're going to face throughout the day, right? So, so my morning is always I always try and make it uh, pretty much the same. So I wake up and I read the news because I'm a bit of a current events junkie, and then uh, then I make breakfast and I check my calendar to begin you know that mental focus, like a visualization of what the day is going to look like. Um, <clears throat> so do that. Uh, check the weather, of course. If there's anything that we're going to have to adjust immediately, you know, to the cruise, and then uh, and then I head to the first location, whatever the day might be. It's, sometimes it's the office, sometimes it's in the field, a customer visit, maybe to a property. Um, yeah, so you know, once I leave the house, that that morning routine, hopefully for me, is, has been the uh, the same. I, I think I think the idea of a morning routine is important, and and I find it fascinating that you know you talk about this automation right and kind of setting yourself up to have like a freer mind later how what kind of a time frame are, are you working with here like what time are you waking up and then doing all of this stuff before you actually leave yeah i don't i don't set an alarm so um i'm a big believer that our bodies will tell us when 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 we've had enough sleep but uh generally i wake up anywhere between six and seven thirty, something like that. That's when I, that's when I pop up, you know, eyes open and get started. And then I try and keep that morning routine to under an hour. You know, I don't, I don't want to linger too much. Otherwise, you know, then I'll start to get, I'll start to get sidetracked or, or allow, you know, distractions to enter the day. So keep it under an hour. And I know that I'm going to be on the first location at whatever time, you know, eight thirty, nine o'clock so that I can, uh, so that I can get started. 
the no alarms thing seems like a risky move. Have you always been a no alarms guy? Um, unless I need to catch a flight, yeah, pretty much. Wow, that I, is it something that you had to train yourself into, or is it, it does it really just come naturally for you? Uh, no, it is. It's, it, I, I want to say it's training, but that makes me sound like I, I've got more control over it than I really do. <laughs> but no, you can you can train your body to, uh, to to get a certain amount of sleep, right? I mean, um, <clears throat> I'm a big reader of of uh, you know other CEOs, you know big big CEOs, you know Steve Jobs and Elon Musk, those guys. And, um, you know, they all say, well, I, you know, I've trained my body now. I get up at 4 o'clock every morning, 4.30 every morning, whatever it is. And and those guys don't wake up to alarms either. They just kind of have that internal set because that's that's the way they've done it. So I'm certainly not comparing myself to, you know, Steve Jobs or Elon Musk. But, um, no, but yeah, you use them as, as inspiration. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Okay, so... All right. So jumping back ahead, you know, you've, you've made your breakfast, you've, uh, you know, you've actually arrived at your, your first location. What is it that you do? Like, I've heard a lot of people say that they try to tackle the most time consuming task first. Is that something that you also do? Or is there like a, like, how, how do you determine what it is that you're going to handle first? Right. So the answer to that question should be yes. Right. But, um, as the you know, as the as the primary decision maker, whatnot for for three three companies that operate in very different spheres and have very different um, not only cycles of operation but cycles of sales. I I really try and set my day up into four sections, right? Um, and they're not always task related. Now, don't me wrong. There there are certain tasks that I have to complete, but um, you know. You familiar with the Eisenhower Matrix? You no, know what that is? I'm not. Mm-mm. So we're, we're, we'll give a shout out to Dwight Eisenhower here for a little bit. He's come up with the, the, the Eisenhower Matrix. It's a simple way to prioritize, you know, tasks that you have throughout the day. So you have important, not important, urgent, not urgent. And, you know, anything that we classify or I classify as important and urgent, um, you know, that's, what's, that's what I know I'm going to do that day. Um, cause it has a deadline and it's important for a number of different reasons, whatever that might be. So, so yes, I, I use that and, I, and you do it long enough. You can kind of, you can see it in your mind. You, you don't know, need to draw it out every time. Yeah. You can, you can draw it in your mind after a while, but I, but I set my day up into, uh, into four parts. So, uh, you know, the first part I look at is, it's it's motivation, right? People, I'm a people motivator. So, you know, I, um, I have what I call sentinel personalities out in the field, right? They drive the bus. They're doers. They have a bias for action. You know, they desire to achieve. Um, and those types are motivated by, I don't know, short-term actions producing long-term value, right? So that's really what I what I focus on early in the morning is to get those guys um, – motivated to achieve the things that need to get done that day. Cause I really do rely on, on a, on a team of great people to, to, to execute most of what, uh, most of what happens. So, you know, if we're using a coaching analogy, I want to get the most out of my players every day. Right. I mean, I keep score, no doubt, but hopefully if I'm calling the right plays, you know, I'm getting the most out of them and that gives them the satisfaction of winning, um, you know, however they've defined it. So that's really what, you know, keeps me going in the morning and watching them win and be happy about it. So that's, that's really the first day is what do I need to do? 
uh, uh, who do I need to talk to? Where do I need to touch in order to, to move the most important, the most urgent things forward, right? Um, so once that's done, then, you know, I kind of set my calendar up into what I call strategic execution. And, uh, and that involves by far wearing the most hats, right? So from the outside, somebody once told me, from the outside looking in, uh, you know, it appears that you business owners get to wear all these big, fancy Kentucky Derby hats, right? So they once told me that I was like, and, and my response was, I assure you that most of the hats in my closet are not that glamorous. They're dirty. They're worn. They show the ragged phrase of leading by example. And it's just, it's, you know, it doesn't, it's not really that way. Right. Um, so the middle of my day revolves around, you know, executing the details of, of this strategy. Um, and, and most, most of the time, the way I, I communicate it is that it's, it's open sales service, right? And everything we do exists inside that circle. So this is one of those management philosophies I picked up along the way of keeping everybody focused on the fundamentals of, you know, of what needs to happen. So, so open, right? Is all our equipment in top working condition or, you know, are all of our rooms in order? Because, you know, time is a, is a perishable inventory, right? So we ask ourselves, you know, to, to do the best we can today because we can't go back to yesterday and change it. Um, and then sales. So sales is revenue management. I I have, I take calls, um, for, uh, for revenue management, project pricing, uh, various stages of contract negotiation, wherever we are there. And then, uh, and then service and customer service for us. Really, we, we want to, we want to obsess about that. Not only because it gets measured in a number of different ways, but it's, you know, it's far less costly to keep the customers we already have than it is to acquire a new one. Right. Right. And then, um, and then finally cost controls, right? So for, for us, you know, and, and, and I emphasize this to, to, to folks out in the field too, you know, while profit has never really been the top driving principle of, uh, of any business I'm involved in, you know, it is necessary in allowing the rest to be possible, right? It's, it, you know, creates money, which is the, the tool we use to keep the machine working. You know, I think it's interesting you bring up wearing all these different hats. Do you like alternate between these tasks or do you alternate between companies even throughout the day? Or are you the type of guy who, you know, when you're lasered in on customer service with first landing, that's what you're going to be doing for the next hour, hour and a half? Yeah, I, I'm, a, again, a huge believer in block scheduling. So, and that's why, you know, I check my calendar at night, check my calendar in the morning because, you know, I, I really want to, to visualize what's, what's going to happen, right? Um, so I have a degree in sports, like a little sidebar here. I have a degree in sports psychology, right? And, uh, and if it's one thing that I took away from that experience is that, is, you know, vis- visual, visualization is a very powerful psychological tool for, uh, you know, preparing your mind to move the body in the desired direction at the desired time. So the the only way for me to actually really focus on that is to block schedule. You know, from 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 10 to 11, you know, I'm going to be doing this with Jimmy. From 11 to 12, I'm going to make these phone calls to these people and talk about these things. From 12 to 1, you know, I have a lunch with an investor uh, uh, down the street. From 1 to 2, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So, no, it is... It's not, you know, today I'm going to work on, on first landing on a landscape and tomorrow I'm going to work on something else. It, it's blocked out to, to be 
all things to everybody for that hour. And then the next hour, the next two hours or whatever it is, you know, we're going to, we're going to change gears to, to something else. But, but it usually revolves always around that motivate people in the morning, execute people during the day. And then how am I going to wrap the day up? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, you do seem like you're big on the visualization component, whether it's the Eisenhower matrix or, uh, you know, it is this block scheduling that you're talking about. Are there other visualizations that you require throughout the day in order to get through? Um, yeah, when the day is going to end. <laughs> okay. All right. If I can visualize what time the day ends, I'll be, I'll be happy. Uh, no, that kind of, that kind of, you know, it's a good, a good segue into, uh, into the last part of my day. Right. So, um, it, it, towards the end of the day, you know, four or five o'clock when, when customers are wrapping up, there's no more phone calls to make, you know, salespeople have gone home. There's, there's no more sales strategy to discuss, et cetera. That's when I, that's when I plan and prepare. Right. So, you know, I finalize my schedule, organize my thoughts, um, you know, look at the next day's calendar to determine if there's any curveballs, anything we need to change to. One of my favorite quotes uh, on this topic is, uh, is from, from Mike Tyson, right? And not really one you associate with, with business quotes, black scheduling you know, and, and visualization. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, there is that, but he also said, you know what? Everybody has a plan. So they get punched in the mouth. Right. Mm. So, um, you know, we're, I'm, 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 looking at things and what's going to, what, what might happen tomorrow, create plan alternatives. Um, you know, and then it's also time to, it's time to wind down because I do, I do believe that work for me has to end at a certain time. Right. And that varies by day. Right. You know, maybe six, one day, maybe eight, one day. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. But I, but I tell myself that, you know, at this time it's going to be done. So, as I'm winding down, I'm asking myself, you know, have I, have I done everything I possibly can do uh, today, right? Uh, have I completed items I've promised to other people? Have I completed everything I could do in the time I gave myself today? Um, and then am I, am I well prepared for tomorrow? Because if I don't go through that mental exercise, you know, am I completely prepared? Have I completed everything? Then I'll ruminate all night long about that one thing, that one mistake, that one regret, you know, that one thing I didn't do with one email I didn't send, et cetera. Right. So, um, so I, I make sure that, you know, the last hour of my day is, is going through again, that, that finalization, that wind down, that organization. And then, uh, and then I completely separate myself, right. From, from, from work related items. I, I seriously elevate the standard of what I consider an emergency or something that needs my attention right now. Cause it used to be, you know, uh, you know, hotels are open all day, every day. Right. They, they'd never close. So, you know, we would get calls into the night about things. Well, you know, the toilet is, won't stop running. How do I shut it off? So I re- I had to train my team you know, that, Hey, you have the ability, I'm empowering you to make decisions and there's nothing that you can do that we can't fix tomorrow. So, uh, um, you know, I have to seriously, you know, I elevated the standard of what I consider an emergency. And, um, cause I also, you know, I have to remember that, um, you, you know, that people are important. That includes the people I don't work with, right. They deserve at least as much. Um, and the right answer would be more of my undivided attention. Right. So, when I'm at home and work is over, you know, I try to be present 
win at home first, you know, those, those kinds of things. How do you shut yourself off? How do you win at home first? Uh, I don't check email. I, um, I might, you know, I, I, I'm sure I set up my phone that, that it doesn't ding or beep or do anything when an email comes through because I get hundreds of those a day. Uh, and, and I, and I have that, uh, what, what's, there's a function on my phone where you can, um, where it'll like silence calls that aren't on people from a certain list or whatever. There's Oh, like focus so, mode or focus mode or leave me alone. Do not disturb something. Yeah. yeah something like, something like that. So yeah, so that goes on. Uh, and I just, I flip it on when it's, when it's time, you know, if I'm, if I've left the office or if I've, you know, had my last call for the day or, uh, uh or, or whatnot. And so, yeah, if, and, and, and folks know, I mean, it's, I've been doing it long enough now that, you know, if it goes straight to voicemail, either leave me a voicemail and I'll check it later or, uh, or I'll call you back tomorrow. Was that hard for you to transition into doing that? Was it a tough thing, the, like a tough pill to swallow? Yeah, absolutely. In the beginning, absolutely. Because uh, I had this sense of guilt that I was not available to people I was supposed to be available to, right? And, and, it, and it, But it sets up a huge conflict because, you know, there's, there's two sets of people. You have your, your work family and you have your own family. And it, it, there's no such thing as multitasking between relationships. So, um you can only do one or the other. And during, you know, during the day, you know, folks expect if I'm, if I, if they need me, then I'm available. Um, and same thing at night, my family at home expects that if, 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 if at this time they need me, then I'm available. So yeah, in the beginning, it was really hard to, to, to juggle. I felt like, you know, I was, I was, I felt guilty for, for, uh, not being available to folks. But again, you know, I really, I, it took a long time to teach them, what my new standard of emergency meant. And, um, and they know that, uh, you know, that if, if they can't reach me, then, that, you know, if they send a message to, uh, to one of my other, you know, like a, a general manager or somebody, then, um, you know, there's an emergency. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. Right. But yeah, it was difficult in the beginning for sure. I think a lot of people, you know, people who run companies have that type of experience where there is a lot of guilt, where they feel the pressure to, multitask between relationships like you said and, and that just may not might not exist um what would you recommend to somebody who is currently kind of feeling that pressure to shut things off and you know be present with their family or or just for themselves um i mean everybody everybody has a different mental you know process of how to get there but uh you know the 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 one thing that, that I would say worked for me again, outside of this of this visualization of what it's what it really should look like, is um, I call it conscious decision making. Right? I mean, you know, when we make decisions, it's kind of like, oh, well, that feels good or that sounds right. But you know, in, in a lot of situations, you have to you really have to force yourself into a decision. So you you, you consciously make a decision that you know if the phone rings don't answer it or if, you know, or, or, you know, turn off the email beeps and, and notifications or whatever, um, you know, make conscious decisions about what, what should be happening at the time that, you know, that, that you're spending. Don't let the situation impose upon you, right? We have to impose ourselves on, on our situations. Okay. That makes sense. 
I want to jump back a little bit here as we approach the end of this podcast. And again, Jed, I, I really do appreciate you taking the time to walk me through your company and, and your day. I think you've said a lot of really interesting things. Uh, but the thing that has really stuck with me, because I had never heard of the Eisenhower uh, matrix, and I'd never really heard somebody stress the importance of this visualization the way you have. Is that something that you also apply to your team? Do you have them do the same type of visualizations? Or how do you impress upon others if you think that's something you need to do? Uh, no, I don't, not necessarily, but not everybody, you know, thinks or acts or behaves the same way. So, so for me to get those guys moving, um, I really have to, I, I, I have to find out who they are as a person, right? And that's really what the, um, the, the biggest principle, and, you know, I talked about profit earlier, not being the biggest principle. The biggest principle that I, that I install in all of this is, um, uh, you know, to, respect and develop people both personally and professionally. So, so I, I take the time with everybody that I'm, that I'm working with to understand what makes them tick. Um, you know, there's, there's that old saying, uh, treat others as you want to be treated. Right. <clears throat> but I think that's only, that's the silver rule. The gold rule is treat others how they want to be treated. And to do that, you have to know who they are and, what makes them who they are, right? So, 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 so everybody's different. Everybody has a, has a different sense of motivation. But um, uh, for the most part, the, the easiest bucket to carry around is, is the responsibility, is the accountability bucket, right? I call it the the bucket of excuses. So, the more responsibility you have, the smaller that bucket gets. Um, until at some point, wherever you go in your professional life, that bucket goes away altogether. Um, and, you know, we, all, we, we have goals. It's always, you know, it's goal setting, short term, long term, whatever it might be. And the things we need to do uh, uh, or to accomplish, you know, on those deadlines to make sure that we're achieving all of these goals that we've set, whether it be a, a sales goal or a customer service experience goal or, you know, whatever it might be. So to keep those guys moving it's all about the accountability for achieving those goals, measuring them, readjusting, and then and then making a new one. Um, so so responsibility and accountability are huge, and, and, and everybody knows that, right? I, I'm hoping that I've hired folks that are mature and responsible enough to understand that um, I'm, I'm not going to micromanage them. I can't do it. Don't want to do it. So, uh, you know, personal accountability and professional accountability are huge in um, – you know, and they hear me say that all the time. What are we going to be accountable for today? Yeah, so you're so you're stressing that constantly. Okay, um, Jed. As we wrap up the podcast, I, I want to I want you to tell me how you wrap up your day. You know, beyond the professional setting, we talked a lot about the morning and the things that you do in the morning to prep yourself for the whole day. Around what time do you go to bed, and how do you prepare yourself for that? Is there any last minute? tweaking with the company that you feel like you need to do or have you already completely shut yourself off uh from any any work related items no i look i'm uh for any other business owner out there there's there's one thing i recommend they do and well, actually this should go for anybody it's not just business business owners specifically because they need to know what they're good at what they're not good at but this goes this goes for anyone um either managing themselves or managing other people 
Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Gallup Strengths Finder. Have you ever done that? No. Mm-mm. You should look it up. The Gallup, Gallup Strengths Finder is, uh, we're not getting into the details of it, it tells us you know, the top five things that make up most of our personality, who we are, what we do. And one of those categories for me is what's called learner, which means, um, you know, I'm always, you know, I have a desire to absorb information, to learn something new, to, you know, master a new task, whatever it might be. So, you know, for me, the end of the, the real end of the day is like, okay, what, so what am I curious about now? Um, not just, you know, not just with, with work, but, um, you know, examining decisions, evaluating outcomes, um, you know, what can I learn from others that have already done that? So I have this little notebook that I keep in my, in my bag. And every time I have a little thought, you know what, just so that I don't ruminate on it throughout the night, let me write this down because, you know, I thought of a really good thing to say to so-and-so about this situation and, and I think it'll help. Um, and that's so I, you know, again, just try to get all of those thoughts out of my mind so that by, I don't know, you want a specific time, I would say nine o'clock. If I can get all of that done by nine o'clock, then, uh, then the rest of the evening is just, um, I don't know, whatever it might be, reading, watching Netflix episodes with my wife, whatever it might be. <laughs> excellent, excellent. All right, Jed. Hey, man, thank you again so much for, for hopping on the podcast. Is there anything that about your day that you think somebody should know that we didn't already talk about? Um, I'll leave you with a, uh, with a famous Abraham Lincoln quote, and he says, don't leave to tomorrow, which you can get done today. Thanks for listening to Average Day, a podcast on the Lawn and Landscape Radio Network. And thanks to Jed for joining today's show. This is Jimmy Miller, and we'll catch you next time.